and is back. The Article 7 Podcast. Hello again. You haven't heard from me for a while. I'm Pastor Andy Jago, and I am the minister at Bethany Lutheran Church, located at 2501 Beacon Hill Road in Alexandria, Virginia. And yes, this is the Article 7 podcast where I sometimes share my uh, sermons and also some of the ministry that goes on in and around 2501 Beacon Hill. Well, (laughs) it's been quite a while. It's been an incredible challenge to try and get a podcast out recently. And uh, I felt I had to do it today. Today. I mean, we just couldn't wait another minute. Um, and the reason why I'm feeling that way is because this weekend we have, uh, on the Saturday before All Hallows Eve and the 499th anniversary of the Reformation, there's going to be a special parking lot picnic here at Bethany Lutheran where we're putting out a very wide invitation to the neighborhood to come and join us for fellowship and a good time and maybe be invited back to hear the word of God at Bethany Lutheran. So this uh, this particular podcast, uh, this uh, uh, sermon captured on Rally Day, that was the second Sunday in September when we began all of our Sunday school education ministries here at Bethany. And uh, this is a message for my Bethany family here to remember the mission this weekend. Our good shepherd searched and found us, and now we witness to his saving power. So, as I said, that message is in the Rally Day Sunday service, which you will hear some of in this podcast, not just the sermon, but also uh, beginning uh, the podcast, Every Move I Make, by C2W, Created to Worship, and some of the children of the congregation as well. And then the song, You Alone, which fit in extremely well with the message for that Sunday. And then afterward, the gospel, the sermon, And a final song, Lord, I lift your name on high to see us off. So remember to join us Saturday night, October 29th, for our parking lot picnic beginning at 4 o'clock. And then, hey, come back every Sunday for Sunday school and for worship here at Bethany Lutheran. Every breath I take, I breathe in you. Every step I take, I take in you. You are my way, Jesus. Every breath I take, I breathe in you. step I take, I take in you. You are my way, Jesus. Every breath I take, I breathe in you. Captured me 
I make in you. You make me move, Jesus. Every breath I take, I breathe in you. Every step I take, I take in you. You are my way, Jesus. Every breath I take, I breathe in you. reason that in me as the foremost Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life to the king of ages immortal invisible the only God be honor and glory forever and ever amen this is the word of the Lord Love went first. 
good news. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 15th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear Jesus. The Pharisees and scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you. There will be more joy in heaven for one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I have lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the gospel of the Lord. The text is the gospel that was read a moment ago. As we begin, I'd like to take you back to a beautiful summer day in western New York where my dad hears over the... the fire and police monitor 
over the, over the crackle, there was there an explosion at Wyndham Lawn, Home for Children, Be Advised, Multiple Casualties and Injuries. So the rescue crew arrives on the scene, and as I'm lying on the floor, eventually there's a fireman's uniform standing over me, saying, don't worry, son, we got you. It's going to be okay. Later that night, I was laughing with my parents, telling my dad, hey, if you ever need another dummy (laughs) to be in the rescue drill that the fire company does, to have a rubber injury over, uh, mine was a compound fracture, (laughs) But if you ever need another dummy for a rescue drill, hey, I'll, I'll do it for you. That's, that was a lot of fun. Thank you. <laughs> Thank God that's all it was, right? But this is how these folks train. They have to come up with different scenarios and how you're going to respond to them, have a plan ahead of time. And the intensity of that training is really something else. I asked my dad for bunch of memories, you know, because he has worked with fire and police officers and worked on different search and rescue operations. And what he told me, he remembered a, a few family occasions. He remembers some, uh, one or two of the good, good, the times where he had a good result and someone was rescued. He said, you know, I don't, he didn't want to talk a lot about it though, because he said, you know what, no, most of the time, nine times out of 10, it doesn't turn out well. Didn't I hear a firefighter say exactly the same thing on television this week? It was a special on PBS Broadcasting on uh, the, what happened on 9-11 at the Pentagon. And the fire chief in Arlington said almost exactly the same things. You know, nine times out of ten, it doesn't turn out well. That gave me such a, an insight then, as you were hearing firsthand accounts in the documentary about what it was like to go into that inferno where the plane had struck at 500 miles per hour, jet fuel everywhere, a fire that burned for three days, and the rescue teams, one on either side of where the plane crashed, one uh, the urban search and rescue from Fairfax County here and the other from Arlington Fire Company, and what they had to do to search through the wreckage in order to find survivors. They themselves putting their lives at risk. Even when the building collapsed, and eventually they, they, they had to go out to, they ended up out in the courtyard, but then got the, the word from dispatch that there was another plane on the way. And they didn't know if, what was going to happen in those next few moments. This is, this, is a, this is such a, I hope I'm not ruining it for folks that are going to watch the documentary because it was such an uplifting moment as you were watching it. And they said, well, we know, we know that there wasn't a second plane because that went down in Pennsylvania due to the, bravery of those folks who were on the plane. But then, you know, there was a plane sound, though, and as the folks were standing out in the courtyard, they saw, uh, tipping its wing, one of our own fighter jets. And the the hooah that came out from (laughs) all all the military personnel that were there, and the firefighter who was being interviewed said, okay, now I know we're gonna be okay. All I gotta do is fight the fire. But the rescuers needed rescuing, and they felt as if they had been delivered at that moment. I think that's, 
if you if you're feeling a little bit of an adrenaline rush, if you're you know if you're if you're remembering some of the moments of that day, if you you know have this image of a firefighter going into danger, holding out his arm, you know, and saying it's going to be all right, then you have the mentality that this is the mindset that Jesus was trying to change in his day, was trying to change among the religious leaders who were turning people away and were criticizing Jesus for sitting with people who wanted to hear. Jesus was trying to change their mindset, change their mentality. He said, no, we are, you have to understand, what is our mission as religious people, as the church? Search and rescue. That's the mission. So that people know and understand the lengths that God will go to to save you, to rescue you, to bring you into the arms of the good shepherd. The Pharisees were were grumbling at Jesus for eating with tax collectors and sinners. So Jesus responds, like he often does with a parable, which of you who has a hundred sheep, wouldn't go and rescue one that's lost. And maybe they were saying, oh, no, we're, we're teachers. We're not sheep herders. Or, you know, we wonder if they would probably even have a problem with a shepherd being that close to them as they're, they wouldn't be considered kosher. Um, but Jesus is there saying, trying to change their mentality. Which of you wouldn't go and seek the one that is lost. He's trying to get that image in their head of the shepherd that goes out into the dark, goes out among the animals, and rescues the sheep that is so in such need of being saved. And then notice the joy in the parable. Notice that that little lamb goes up on the shoulders of the shepherd and the shepherd's joy. Notice then that he cannot contain the joy. He has to then call up all of his friends, all the family, all the neighbors, and say, share this joy with me, celebrate with me. This one who was lost is now is found. Notice the joy in heaven. How much more joy in heaven over one who repents and the 99 who are righteous. And who is that? (laughs) Pharisees may have raised their hands. Yes, that's us. We're the righteous. But I think another point of the parable, and probably this is hopefully the way it's hitting all of us this day as well, is no matter how good you are, you're not good enough. Not righteous enough. Not able to save yourself. You don't have the equipment. That's what people had to hear on 9-11. Another part of the documentary was the, you see a bunch of Navy uniforms, a bunch of, a bunch of folks, because that's about the area that, that the airplane hit, among other areas, but a bunch of Navy personnel. You see their uniforms just swarming, running to the fire. That's mind-boggling. But that's the kind of people who work there, right? You run to the danger helping and saving whoever you can. But they had to be told by the fire company who was there, no, you don't have the equipment. There'll be more casualties. Let us go in there. You be ready for those who come out and do your part. 
we don't have the equipment. I know I didn't have the equipment. When, when I, after 9-11, is sitting in church that Sunday, and thank God, you know, we, like a lot of churches report, we had a bunch of extra people, but my own church members who were there, you know, thank God all the parents showed up for the kids that day at preschool. You know, that's, I remember that being one of the things. But then I remember that, that Sunday, sitting down with someone, that they had their arm in a cast. That day, they were doing physical therapy. They worked at Deutsche Bank. And the office that they worked in was where that piece of the Trade Center flew across and hit right there. Yeah, her office was gone, co-workers who didn't make it out. And her question was, Pastor, why am I here? I can't answer that. I'm not equipped to answer that. Let me tell you about the one who I know rescued me, who held out his hand and said, Son, it's going to be okay. You'll get through this. 9-11 and 15 years later, you'll get through it. I'll be here for you. That's my good shepherd. And it's my mission to tell you about him. I can't take away the, the physical pain when that comes to be too much. People are helpless when they can't fix their family, their job, their life. But what is the mission? What is our mission? It's to go, and do you have the sense that there's, I mean, I can't say there's never been a, a, a time like there has been. I mean, there's, there's a need for this in every time, in every generation. But right now, in this generation, in this post-9-11 time, in this area, you and I are here. And I feel for this reason. There's so much brokenness around us, so much anger and so much pain and so much need for people to see what we see. The arms of the Savior reaching out, the nail-scarred hands of a Savior reaching out and saying, don't worry, I got you. You'll be safe with me. We don't have the equipment. He went into the inferno that is hell. Suffered everything we should suffer and came out destroying death with his death, giving us life that is everlasting. Our Savior rescues us. And now the church, as we're celebrating today with all of our education ministries, with the little ones coming to us, with all the uh, the ministry that is being redone and re-equipped for the future, all the ministry of Bethany Lutheran to show people our Savior so that they also can see, I'm here. It's going to be okay. My dad retweaked something that had been going around uh, and passing down and which was in itself a retweaking of the 23rd Psalm. This is the book that he put together. He's the State Association uh, uh, Firefighters Chaplain. And uh, <laughs> this, if you know my father, you know where I get my sense of humor from, and this is totally him. <laughs> this is the Firefighters 23rd Psalm. 
The Lord is my chief. He has chosen me to serve. He leads me to still the fires raging around me. He restores my soul to fight even when all seems lost. He has prepared for me a place in life devoted to service, honor, joy, and fellowship. Some of the things we celebrate here at Bethany. He anoints my soul with courage in the presence of my enemy, fire. And yes, even though I have chosen to walk through life in the shadow of death, I will fear no fire, for he is with me. His strength will comfort me. And when life's final alarm for me has sounded, I will dwell in the station house of the Lord forever. Amen. So two things today. First of all, I want to thank my father and everyone else who's ever served as a first responder, search and rescue, as people who have served in the military, people who are out on the front lines in danger, in harm's way, to keep us safe. On this day especially, my prayers are with them and their families. But here's the thing. You and I have a job to do. No less important in this world, search and rescue. There's broken people all around us, and we ourselves may experience this in our lives, where we know the arm of our nail-scarred hand of our Savior reaching out, saying, it's okay, I got you. And we know he does. His everlasting love is where we will dwell forever. That's the mission. And we get to receive and to share. In Jesus' name, amen. Please rise for singing.